And the guy's like, oh, I actually lost my keys way down the street. And the cop's like, well, then why are you looking here? And the man says, because the light's better. <laughs> so all I'm hoping this course does for people is help put a light where they lost their keys, as opposed to them constantly trying to trade and be successful when their keys, because the light's on there, right? But if their keys are down the street, you're going to have to find a way to find them without the light or bring a flashlight. And that's what ultimately I hope this course does is a flashlight. You're listening to the Steady Trade Podcast, a podcast that inspires traders to make meaningful strides and pursue their passions. Your hosts are Tim Bowen, the lead trainer at Stocks to Trade Pro, Kim Ann Curtin, the Wall Street coach, and Steven Johnson, the up-and-coming trader who's always willing to learn. Together, we'll sit down with experts to talk about their process, the lessons they've learned, and discuss how all traders can level up their trading careers. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast, everyone. I am Tim Bowen, back with Kim and Steven. Welcome to the summer of 2021, the summer where we get our freedom back. I don't think I went outside once in, 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 in the entire summer of last year. So I thought I'd record outdoors to take advantage of it. It's a beautiful, sunny day. And we've got an amazing announcement, something very interesting for you. Um, maybe you've heard, maybe you haven't. But, uh, you know, Kim has been on the podcast for, geez, year and a half now? Or almost two, years? two months. Almost. Two, oh, rather, almost two years. Two years. Almost two, two years. years. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but, you know, and, and, and we've talked about her book. We've talked about her, her personal coaching that she does. And, but uh, she's actually just released a course, you know, so a, a online course where you can learn a lot of the stuff that we talk about. And, uh, you know, really what I want to do today is, you know, is get Kim's input. I haven't had time to watch it yet. You know, I've seen tidbits. I know the content. I haven't watched the whole thing yet. Um, but, you know, I kind of want to get her to fill me and Steven in and you at the same time, because I think, you know, this is just, you know, Steven and I talk charts, 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 but so much of, of, you know, short-term trading, you know, trading these wild 100%, 200, 300% runners. I mean, you got to know the patterns. You got to know the manipulation. You got to know how they work. But when you get stuck on the wrong side, long or short, I mean, real quick, you start dealing with a lot of stuff, you know, emotionally and mentally. And if you've never been there, you're probably going to sell at the worst time. You're going to buy at the worst time. I mean, you know, Steven and I have been joking about a, 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 uh, a guy on Twitter that I don't even know if he's real. He might be a parody account, but I mean, <laughs> every day he like buys at the worst possible time, sells at the bottom shorts at the top, you know, or, or, or I'm sorry, shorts at the bottom buys at the top. I mean, it's just like schizophrenic worst decisions in the world. And if it isn't a parody account, this kid has some major emotional issues that I think Kim's course would be. And listen, I'm not saying you, the listener, are a basket case, but, um, you know, especially your first really volatile trade, man, um, you come to grips with who you are real quick. So welcome back, Kim. Welcome no. back, Stephen. And uh, let's talk about trading EQ. So my dog's getting in the pool, by the way. So. Yeah, no, and, and I, I would just jump in and just say um, it's not – Honestly, like nothing, nothing defines, I mean, 
I can only speak from a man's perspective, but I'm sure for women as well. But for me, nothing defines a man more than surviving five years of trading. It's, uh, and I'm sure it's the same for a woman as well. Trading, trading makes or breaks you. So any psychological help, uh, any pushes that you're going to have through will make it will make a significant difference or like the guy that you're talking about Tim you can just get really drunk and start start all over again the next morning with with high expectations of changing the world <laughs> you know what I mean well who's the star of our show what's the dog's name Tim oh that's Rem- Remington so anyway Remington. Yeah, yeah. so so now Rem- he's, he's, he'll go so, so he's got it rough. So he uses the pool and now he's going over to get onto one of the lounge chairs because he's too pampered to like lay on the ground. He has to actually use one of the lounge chairs. So I think Remington is a very smart dog and dogs, <laughs> actually, we could learn a lot from dogs. Traders can especially because what dogs are really good at is being in the moment. They're not in the past. They're not in the future. He's just right now getting his feet wet, paws wet, <laughs> then going to go sit and chill on the chair. He's not going to be haunted by the bones he didn't catch yesterday <laughs> and the bones he might have to catch tomorrow. <laughs> like, he's just like, right now, I'm good. And that is there, what there's I actually, my course does. There's a great trading meme. It's funny you, you went that way because the guy's sitting at the beach with his dog and there's like thought bubbles and the dog is like thinking about his owner and him at the beach. So the thought bubble, the thought bubble is what's happening right now in the dog's mind. It's just him and him and his his owner sitting at the beach enjoying the day. And then you go to the human bubble and it's a stock chart. So, (laughs) (laughs) and that meme exists. I mean, I'm sure we could probably link it. You could Google it. it. I'm not making that up. So I believe you. I'm just going to believe you. I'm just going to jump in and say one thing though, that I, I do think that dogs can think in the, in the future and in the past, because I'm sure the dog's like, girl like i wonder what time i'm gonna get me food later which is kind of thing in the future and then like you might see you might see like tim at the pool when he walks out in the pool and be like girl <laughs> i remember yesterday when that that dickhead kicked his and he did oh he wasn't oh, I, would never, I would never <laughs> but you know what i mean dog. so like i think dogs do think in the future in the past like i think there's they probably do mm. I, 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 my understanding is that they don't. And that's part of why they're so <laughs> peaceful. Every, everything I've ever heard about from veterinarians to like that concept of the presence. And, and that's with actually all, all animals. Animals are present to the moment. And that's at the end of the day, something that I think is really hard for humans to do for good reason, because our planning ahead kept our excuse my French ass is safe in the past, but sure. it doesn't necessarily now keep us safe. And it can help, it can contribute to us obsessing or fear of missing out or the shouldas, woulda, couldas. And that's just not gonna help your trading account. So so Kim, kind of give us like a, you know, I mean, I ultimately the course is for sale, but yes. I mean, you know, I, the say, give me the say, give us the sales pitch, you know, you know, kind of what, what are you going to find in it? What do you, what, like, how yep. long is it? What's yep. the layout? You know, kind of, kind of explain to people what, what, what the course involves. So. You got it. It's two and a half hours and it will help you be able to kind of shut down. And it, I speak about books that I recommend. I speak about uh, the different 
tasks or exercises you can do before you start your trading day so you can kind of get into the mindset. And also I give you some tips and tricks to keep an eye out for so that if you start to notice yourself doing certain behaviors, then that might be an indicator you're not in a place of neutrality and that you need to start to back away from the machine. <laughs> you need to step back, get yourself neutral again, and then come back. Because at the end of the day, the best traders are the traders that are not attached to a specific stock, nor attached to a specific percentage or a specific dollar amount at the end of the day. They're able to deal with their wins and their losses equally, not take it personally, and be able to go back in. Your ability to see your pattern is going to be predicated on you not coming in with a whole bunch of judgments. Like when we're like, the market sucks, and we start trading that day, well, you will be amazed how often that becomes a true statement. But if you go in there thinking the market opens up unlimited possibility, then it's much more likely you're going to find it. Yeah, I tell you, you know, that that it's interesting. And, and I think that that point, that emotional attachment is, you know, again, I think a huge thing that people need to deal with. I mean, we were we were joking before the podcast. You know, I do that pre-market prep live every morning. And I mean, I'm, this dude's like all angry at me because I'm putting down this low float piece of crap stock. I mean, it's like, I mean, yeah. I, and I kind of went on a rant this morning. It would have been what June 16th. And I'm just like, dude, these are just tickers. Okay. We're not talking yeah. Apple here. Okay. We're not yeah. talking Amazon. Okay. These, I mean, listen, buy some Amazon and hold it for a decade, buy some Apple and hold it for a decade. But what we do in penny stock land is, I mean, we're just, these are just tickers. I mean, we had, I had Tim Gratani on the other day and he's got his name of Gratani's DVDs is trade the ticker. It's not when you're talking yeah. penny stocks, man, you cannot get emotionally attached to a penny stock. I mean, it's like getting emotionally attached to a, coked up hooker or something man right, exactly. it ain't gonna end well okay it's not gonna end well but unless that, you're steven that's unless you're steven and, and honestly like <laughs> as long as you like you can make the mistake like with coked up as and with with trading <laughs> everyone's allowed to make the mistake once right you can make the mistake once yeah yeah and, and that's fine it's like if you make it once they say it's uh it's it's jokes on them. And if you make it twice, it's it's jokes on you. And um But I don't even think they're really attached to the ticker. I think the ticker simply becomes Ooh. a symbol for being attached to, you know, the the Lambo or attached even more than the Lambo. Cause what is if you get a Lamborghini, what does that mean? It means you're special. It means you're worthy, right? And and what happens is so many of the traders that I've, you know, met over the years who have a Lambo, they still don't feel worthy after they got yes. it. So the key here is if you keep externalizing that once this ticker does this, or once that amount of money is in the bank account, uh, then I'll finally feel worthy. What I say is actually, you got to work on that from the inside. The external isn't going to you know, make that feeling suddenly show up. It's an internal job but that, but that, you know, it, it's easy to think, oh, once I have the bling, then I'll finally feel like 
I'm okay. So that's why I think they get attached to the ticker because the ticker represents that coin or that dollar amount or what they hope means they finally understand what they're doing. Well, and you, go ahead, Stephen. No, I was just going to say, I totally, I totally agree with that. And there's a really good quote that says, uh, if you haven't found, if you haven't found happiness or if you haven't found worthiness before you're successful, you'll definitely not find it after. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it's so true. And, and, and a lot of people in this digital and social age project this nice, good image of life being good. And, and obviously people buy products by buying into people. So if you show a good life, you'll, sure. people will buy into that. But sure. All of these people have real problems and real difficulties and real yeah, life situations absolutely. and they might, they might have concerns and worries and they will have just like anyone else. And, and that's what people don't realize. Like yeah, everyone, everyone goes through the same struggles and money Definitely. doesn't come and go. Money doesn't make it really better. It makes it nicer. Yeah. There's memes on it, right? There's memes <laughs> on it. So, so someone says like, oh, if you don't, if you don't think money makes problems go away, give me all your money. And well, it helps. I mean, look, having money helps uh, emotionally feel safer and more secure. However, even the studies done on people that had, you know, a minimum of 2 million in the bank. I remember this study done 10 years ago by a finance firm. All of those people, it's like 200 participants who had at least 2 million or more in the bank, uh, just savings, so to speak. None of them felt they had enough money. So it is truly an internal it's because mindset. The guy, the, the guy next door has five. Correct. So, you, you know, if you step in to compare, I always say compare equals despair. Yep. But you, but you know, look, there is a threshold, but once you're above like that poverty threshold, whatever it is, 74,000 a year, you know, once you go above that, your, your happiness temperature is pretty much not going to change based on that bank account. And the, the key is it, I'm all about making bank and making coin and getting your Lamborghini, but I want to make sure that once you're in that car, you're really feeling happy and peaceful too, not just, yeah, you know. For more than the day that you got it. Correct. <laughs> now, now I, the, the point I was, I wanted to make a, a minute ago is, is like, you know, and you're much better at this. So I was hoping you would put it in better terms, but you know, you know, something that I really, really struggled with in the beginning, and, and I think everybody does, you know, back to that guy arguing with me about his ticker, and I'm like, it's yeah. a freaking piece of junk penny stock, but I, mean, I, I went long the stock, I'm like, but I mean, I'm like, I'm not buying this stock because I believe in it, you know, and he's all yelling at me, and I'm like, but I mean, what is that, you know, that idea of having to be right. I mean, nobody, nobody yeah. likes being wrong, right? but I right. say this all the time and, you know, and Steven knows this and a lot of the listeners probably know, I mean, I mean, you have to be wrong. Okay. With being wrong and trading. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like sports, you know, every, I, I always use that Michael Jordan quote where, you know, he missed 20,000 shots yeah, or whatever. He, it's you know, took the game winning shot 18 times and lost the game, you know? And it's like, you gotta be okay with, with losing and that doesn't mean you're stupid. Doesn't mean you're, you know, a basket case. Right. Doesn't mean you traded the long, wrong stock. So does, does the courts course kind of help with that being it wrong? Does. It does. It helps. It helps you not collapse your uh, being correct or incorrect with your worthiness. And that, and that is the heart of it. That's what happens. People, people, when they uh, most, most of our culture, unfortunately, 
makes us feel ashamed when we make right. mistakes. And so we are all kind of been indoctrinated with it. You know, different structures of schooling, education, religion has all made us feel ashamed when we make a mistake or when we basically have a feeling perhaps. And so ultimately the course does talk about how your value doesn't, you know, go down in value, your value doesn't decrease just because you make a mistake, just because you screw up, just because you do something that you wished you didn't. It's it's about, oh, I made a mistake. Brene Brown says this a lot. She uses the quote, I am a mistake is what most people say to themselves. But what she says, I made a mistake as opposed to I am a mistake. And that I do talk about in the course. And that often comes from that inner gremlin, that inner saboteur who tells you, you are a mistake instead of you just saying, oh, I screwed up. I made a mistake. Like, honestly, I have to, like, I've, I've made two big mistakes this year with making, taking two bad losses, nothing, nothing, career destroying, nothing that'll, make too big a difference in the long term. But the big difference that I th see that separates me from a lot of people who are losing or failing or giving up is if I make a big mistake, I can pretty much, and I remember Tim Bourne, I was talking to him about it on the day it happened. And he was like, oh, your mindset seems good. And it's because on the long term, I always think, do you know what it is? I made a, I made a mistake the next day or the day after I say, good, good, because that's a chance for me to get even better. That's a chance for me to yeah. spot a flaw and take things to beautiful. the next level. And the sooner statement. I make the mistake, the sooner I can grow. Correct. And Correct. So, 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 so Kim, you know, it's, I, I'm, I'm going to ask for a little bit of psychoanalysis here because, sure. you know, it's interesting. I, in the last decade, starting about 10 years ago, is, is where it really shifted for me with just, just not caring if I make a mistake, you know, and, wow. you know, I think, I think Jocko Willink a lot for this, you know, wow. you know, remember, you know, a lot of extreme ownership, great book by Jocko Willink. I mean, is just accepting mistakes and then how, and then what do you do with the mistake? You know, I wear my, my Jocko Willink good shirt all the time, but I mean, like, I mean, I mean, I listen, I make mistakes in business. I make mistakes with my wife. I make mistakes with my kids. I make, I do handyman projects. I, cut the board wrong. You know, you know, I make, I have rental properties, I investment. I mean, I make mistakes all the time and I literally have like zero trading mistakes, you know, again, all these mistakes. And it, it really shifted for me about a decade ago. Now, Beautiful. my question is, was that five years of, 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 you know, at that point I was five years into trading. I, f I felt the shift there. Yeah. But is it turning 40? Is it just getting older? Or is it experience? Is and because yeah. I'll tell you, been, as a young man, yeah, I listen, I know I talk about we joke a lot about these lunatics on Twitter. If I was trading, I mean, again, and I try, I do, do my best to help these 20 year olds and stuff. If I was trading when I was 20, it would have been an absolute fucking disaster. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it would have been the train wrecks of tall train wreck. So is this life experience? Is it age? What, what is it? I think it's a combination of all of those things. However, I also think you had somebody that you respected, Jocko Willinick, you know, tell you in a book that this kind of beating the hell out of yourself for your mistakes is probably not going to get you to that 
Navy SEAL level of living your life. So I think that probably you respect him, you admire him, you've watched him be a man of his word. And then he comes along and says to you, hey, beating yourself up for your mistakes, not so great. That makes any of us pause and consider, huh, what does my life look like if I take that on? So it's possibly you were just ready at that moment to hear that truth and it landed. And, you know, and it, it, it roughly coincides to where I sold the business. You know, I don't know. Just a lot of stuff happened. Yeah. You know, yeah. that was at 2012, 2013, yeah. which, again, I uh, I mean, hopefully this doesn't sound the wrong way, but the last 10 years have been the best 10 years of my life. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of stuff happened right around 2012, 2013. And it was like, I don't know. Maybe I did mushrooms and forgot. I don't know. Well, it's, I think maybe, too, I, maybe I did ayahuasca and forgot. I you, don't know. We probably maybe. met each other in a spiritual world. Maybe, Possibly. maybe. Possibly. And then that's Possibly. how I got on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think though, there is, you know, one of the things that I think is fascinating about the 20 year olds right now that I've been talking to is there, they seem to be more emotionally mature than 20 year olds when I was a 20 year old. So I do, I do <laughs> think we're evolving. We're evolving. <laughs> If the, no, I mean, someday, someday before I die, I will tell my pizza delivery stories and the things I did. Oh, right. anyway, nothing, right, but, nothing, but nothing illegal. Well, these nothing kids bad are... illegal, but I mean, I was, I, I mean, I, if I met 20 year old me, I'd be like, this kid's got brain damage. I mean, like, like what, who hit him in the head? countless numbers of times but that but that is also the culture we're evolving technologies evolving i see kids now even at 10 who are like got a business mindset i see all these little girls on instagram who have mm -hmm. business they're like 12 i'm like what so i do think we're everything about all of us is evolving really quicker and people are starting to realize the, I, I'm a shock at just the 20 year olds who know how important emotional intelligence is that, that they even are talking that talk to me is telling us, wow, the whole culture is really moving much quicker because of, you know, everything's speeding up. It feels like, so yeah, I'm glad though. I'm just so glad that Jocko's message is what, permeated you did you see a difference i kind of want to turn it back to you did you see a difference in how your life unfolded once you started to realize mistakes were just part of being human well so you know i quote unquote found jocko probably five years ago ish i think that was kind of when he was on tim ferris's podcast wow. i mean like nobody knew who he was until he's on yeah. tim ferris then he was on rogan but i just happened to stumble across i mean Tim wow. Ferriss, obviously a good marketer. You know, I get yeah, the email, sure, sure. like says, you know, the world's whatever. The name of the podcast is like the world's most disciplined man or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, so that was five years ago. So I was on the path. But yeah, what yeah. I thank Jocko for and hope to meet him someday is, you know, it's like, I think it like, I think I was on that path, but he helped me realize yeah. it, was, it was more just stumbling through the wilderness. And yeah. then he helped me kind of cement that. Yeah. And then- and then I think things even got better from there. But yeah. um, just so, so again, maybe, you know, it's like speaking Hard of not. quotes. It's, well, but it's, it's speaking of quotes, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear type okay. thing. And, and I think true. I found him 
yeah. because I was ready. You know? Right, totally. So. And I think at the end of the day, like this course is about emotional intelligence and most of us never got a course in emotional intelligence. <laughs> Our family didn't teach Listen, us. Listen, I grew up, you know, small, small town. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like, there's no, you know, it's just shut up and, you know, toughen up, you know, quit your whining, shut, you know, exactly. it's like. <laughs> exactly. And, and if you don't get that in your home, you get it at school or you get it on the street corner or you get it from the guys that you hang out with that you just happen to fall in with, right? Most of us aren't intentional about those early relationships. It's the kids on the block where we live. It's the kids we just hang out with in our homeroom class, like, or the kids in the pit at my high school, the pit was where the kids, you know, and those kids, even if you didn't want to smoke, right? You're going to smoke because that's what they do. So you, you find these people become the imprints of how you're emotionally intelligent you are. And maybe they're not the best teachers, but unless you have an alternative, which now Stocks Trade is very smart at giving you an alternative with my course, then you potentially can develop your emotional intelligence and be conscious of how you're operating and not just in your trading. Obviously I talk about trading in the course, but I also promise you that if your trading is not consistent and is constantly forcing you to be with, you know, hard truths about yourself, it's showing up in your life. It's showing up in your life. Your trading is an incredible mirror back to you of the things you have yet to heal or kind of resolve that is going on unconsciously. So Stephen, you and I, you know, you, we were joking yesterday, or, you know, like, like I don't eat any sugar. You know, I, I basically don't watch TV. You know, my guilty pleasure is these lunatics on, on, on FinTwit, as we say. Um, what, what do you think, Stephen? The people that need this the most, Will, will they check out Kim's course or not? Well, I think the first step for some of these people is to come off hard drugs. Um, <laughs> but after that, I mean, look, um, I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen the full detail of the course, but I know that Kim's helped us uh, get through some barriers. And I know that people have attachment, not only to companies when they believe in a vision or they believe in a story, but they also have attachment in numbers, mm-hmm. like getting profitable, yeah. First, first five thousand up. Getting past a hundred thousand is something I'm kind of weirdly been struggling with now. Mm-hmm. Passing the first hundred thousand, um, and the are definite, definitely like kind of like people say if something reoccurs three times, it gets stuck in the brain, and and you need to break out of that cycle. People get in negative cycles and negative loops, and and have um hard to be with feelings, and also um distorted views of reality and, and 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 if you can bring some of that to light it can certainly give you a bit more consciousness to make better decisions i think but, a, i mean but some people are beyond repair kim might yeah. not agree some people are beyond repair they just need a big hard whack from the well, dad there there's a great there's a great little story that talks about a man who lost his keys at night on the street and a police officer walks over and says hey what are you looking for? Did you did you lose something? The guy's like, yeah, I lost my keys. And the cop was like, oh, do you know what part of this area you lost them? And the guy's like, oh, I actually lost my keys way down the street. And the cop's like, well, then why are you looking here? And the man says, because the light's better. 
So all I'm hoping this course does for people is help put a light where they lost their keys, as opposed to them constantly trying to trade and be successful when their keys, because the light's on there, right? But if their keys are down the street, you're going to have to find a way to find them without the light or bring a flashlight. And that's what ultimately I hope this course does is a flashlight in that darkness for them to look, they're doing all the work. They're listening to you, Tim, every day, right? They're, they're engaged in the webinars. They're listening to Tim Sykes' amazing courses, right? They're listening to Steven. But then if they don't do that internal work around how to stay neutral or how to not get caught up in the fear of missing out or holding on to things because they're so attached to what it's going to mean for them, then they're not going to have success no matter how much they study. And I don't want to see that happen to them, you know? Well, that being said, definitely check. You know, we'll have the link below um, in the YouTube. If you're listening on the podcast app, you know, you can go to steadytrade.com. It'll be linked there. You know, I just, you know, um, you know, a lot of what we try and do here with the courses and stuff is, you know, we're trying to, you know, shortcut your path. I mean, it's still going to take time, but, you know, I, I told that story a little while ago. I mean, it, it took me, you know, five years in before I started to feel, you know, a shift. And I just, I think at that point, you know, you're wrong so much that you just have to get to the point where, okay, listen, it, you, it, you, I need to get okay with being, being wrong, cutting losses, or, or this just isn't going to work. And what I would, you know, my point is check out the course because why go through that five years of pain of figuring that out on your own when you could buy a course learn from somebody that's been, you know, that's been doing this for, you know, how long, Kim, 20 years now, basically yeah. close. Yeah. 14 okay. as a coach, 10 in wall street, 24. Yeah. So there, I mean, so why not take advantage of that? Or, or, I mean, you can take my path and, you know, get all the scars and all the pain and, you know, and, and, and all that, but you know, uh, also just to add Tim and it's, and, and that's generally the roof finale every trader because I'm five years in now as well. Yep. Wow, Stephen, and and I've seen a shift. You know, you know, like yeah, you know, again, yeah. we, we we need like, to start well, the recording. Money. We started recording earlier because we talked about a lot of this stuff. You know, Stephen mentioned that you know he had a big loss recently, and you know he we were texting back and forth, and you know he mentioned I was like, hey, dude, you know, I'm. It's nice to see. You know, I can I can tell there's a shift here, and yeah, I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's but just it, four years, five years of pain on Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> but but you get to the point where you're just thinking like, look, I've been round and say, I know what I'm doing. You get to the yeah. point after five years where like I know what I'm doing, and I, I I feel like it's about time I stop going around these cycles. Yeah, you know what I mean. I feel like yeah. it's just about time. It's just totally. it's about time that I just start following the process because I've been getting bin for two years now. <laughs> there's just a time when you just think. I think, I mean, might take another loss, might take another two losses. You, you never know, but, but it just becomes a time where like, I know what I'm doing and it's kind of an insult. It's kind of an insult to not follow the process. Well, but it's, but it's that, that's the yourself. great thing that, you know, and that would be my hope is, you know, listen, it's still going to take time, you know, listen, disclaimer. Okay. I, yeah. You're not going to watch, you're not going to watch Kim's course and figure it out in a month, but, you know, but maybe you could now figure it out in a year or two years or two and a half years versus Stevens and my five, you know. Can I I say one other thing, Tim? I also think that those who come into trading 
who start to do well can sometimes self-sabotage because they're coming from a background that's either poor or middle class. And to have that kind of success can be intimidating. It can, it can and it could also alienate you because if your peers or the people that have been your friends for a long time don't have that experience or level of success financial or otherwise or be able to you know stay at home and work then you may not be able be able to share the wins with them you may feel kind of lonely in keeping it to yourself or like they'll they won't understand or they'll be jealous and that can also i've also seen certain traders kind of uh, plateau because they they they're afraid of going past what their tribe is right um and then the other quote too that i thought of earlier when you guys were saying like is it just the pain there's a great quote by Anias nin that says uh and then the day came when the risk to remain tight in the bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom and that's what i feel sometimes is happening for some traders they're afraid to blossom they want to just you know stay in that bud but then that pain gets overwhelming and you finally like okay i'm ready to own all the knowledge that I've worked really hard to, and maybe I'll create new relationships and a new tribe that wants me to succeed and up level. You know, it's called yeah, positive. hundred percent. I mean, you know, I've told that story many times. I think I touched on it earlier. You know, it just got to the point. You know, and and yes. when Stephen and I have talked about this on hundreds of episodes, you know, it's like, it's you know, it's like because you always get the question. It's a valid question. People are like, you know, I keep taking the big loss. I keep taking the big loss. How do I fix that? And you know. And, our answer is always the same. You just got to get to the point where you're like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And if you're risking 100, if you're risking 250, you can't still be in down 500, down 1,000. You know, listen, halts happen, offerings happen. I mean, th there are those scenarios. Still but no if you're excuse. just, well, There's but no I mean, excuse. yeah, There's but no I mean, excuse. if you're in, if, listen, if they I drop agree, a, if they, dr offering, if they drop yeah. a, a midday offering, I mean, let's like, Agreed. what you know, Agreed. yeah, Agreed. you know, but, but, if, but my point is if you're short, some stock that just keeps grinding higher all day long, or you're long a stock that just fades and fades and fades and fades. And now you're holding into the next day and it gaps down. I mean, you just have to get to the point where I'm not going to do that anymore. I won't, yeah. I just won't do it. <laughs> Like it's it's not the stock's fault that it gap down. It's your fault that you held it through yeah. the gap down. Like, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yep, yep. So, well, that being said, thank you, Kim. Thank you, Stephen. Um, I know I already mentioned it, but uh, definitely head over to SteadyTrade.com. Um, that's the best way. You know, that's where the podcast is hosted. You know, depending on when you're li listening to this episode, you'll scroll through all the podcasts are listed there. The link will be there. I'm sure you can probably also Google Trading EQ. It's a pretty cool name. I think it's pretty unique. But uh, SteadyTrade.com is a place to get all the links we mentioned. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoy your summer. Um, and uh, have a great day, Kim. Have a great day, Stephen. <laughs>